today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are discussing the NBA being back, Tate. No more eventuallys, no more maybes, mm-hmm. no more uh, uh, you, th- this is a theory, this is a, something being discussed. The NBA appears to officially be back, assuming the players. You, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, but, but they will. They're, they're gonna, the, everyone expects the, the, the Players Association to, to sign off on this. The vote passed today. The NBA is back, Tate. Yes, the NBA is back officially, and we have to say uh, we're very excited to talk about basketball. We, we have professional basketball. There was TBT, obviously, that we were excited about coming back as mm-hmm. well. That was real basketball. But this is the NBA. This is uh, an actual plan. And it seems like the only people that are upset are Damian Lillard in Portland. And, uh, and, and that <laughs> seems like everyone else is cool with it. So and, uh, we're moving on with basketball. And, and KOC is upset because they didn't use his World Cup idea. I think, I think he's a little hurt about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the in-season tournament is yeah. on the horizon, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the greatest rivalry that's brewing in college basketball. Ever since SMU and TCU stopped playing, uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my new great the, the 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 next great rivalry in college basketball tagline is now being shifted to Dickie V versus Will Wade. Tate. We're mm-hmm. going to discuss this. Dickie V um out there tweeting that that notice of allegations are coming. Meanwhile, the world around him is like nobody else is reporting this news, Dick. So, uh this is this has been a fun development to watch this unfold. We're also going to talk about Zion Williamson. I don't know if you guys have heard about this guy. Um the little court case is uh is is progressing and there's been some news in this Tate that uh that is not so not so interesting as it pertains to Zion per se, but more so the Duke University basketball program and a, and a man by the name of Mike Krzyzewski and, mm-hmm. and the fallout of all that is, is what you and I have our eye on. So we'll uh, we'll break that down. Mike Miller is is resigning from Memphis. Yes. That is in the news as well. We have a ton to talk about, but first, Woody Durham. All right, before we get started, Tate, uh, I want to first kind of um, offer our, our thoughts on uh, why we didn't do a show on Tuesday. Those of you that, that have subscribed to the show and listened to the show, uh, we, we put out kind of just a, a statement on, on our thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement, everything that's going on in the country over the last week. Um, our thought process behind that was, was twofold. Um, one, we felt like we had to say something. I think um, Tate and I are, are two guys that, that, you know, like we – traditionally the two of us love maybe love's not the right word but traditionally you know if you listen to the show we don't get particularly political about stuff we we kind of uh are got we talk about how much we love south park and the criticism of south park fans is that you don't care about anything and mm-hmm. to a fault tate and i fall into that category probably more than we should so we wanted to make it clear like we are very much for the movement we are very much in support of the black community we very much are, are with the black lives matter stuff um, but at the same time, we're two white guys that are idiots, and we we just felt like at the time, um, that's the last thing we needed to do was add to the noise, and we just wanted to take the opportunity for the voices that matter, the 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 black people that are speaking out in this country, and kind of making the movement go. Um, we wanted to kind of step aside and and not offer a distraction. I think our whole mindset during the coronavirus situation has been like maybe our show can be a distraction for people as you're dealing with quarantine, as you're dealing with just like this unprecedented time. Um, maybe we, we can get on here and power rank dumb stuff and offer our thoughts uh, and in doing so be a distraction of the world around us. And we felt like this was an issue that the distraction is precisely the problem. We did not want to be a distraction because that is how we kind of got here as a country is that far too often 
guys like Tate and I can be distracted from the issues at hand and you never have to really address it head on. So um, we didn't mean to think that like our statement was going to solve the problem. We didn't, we didn't mean to think that like, you know, we're, we're going to do nothing and then pat ourselves on the back and think, man, wow, we're heroes for that. Uh, the mindset was just basically like, we, we did, we didn't feel like coming on and doing a podcast where it's like, let's rank our top five hairstyles of the pac 12 mm-hmm. in the 1990s uh, as the world around us is, is in the state that it's in. Uh, was 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 very conducive or very uh, you know what was important to anybody so that's kind of what we came up with and I just want to say it off the top um yeah so that that that's that's pretty much it Dave yeah and that's a, that's sort of the official statement and uh, we appreciate everyone that had engaged and obviously you know understood where we were coming from and the point of view there and uh it's obviously a, a conversation that is a lot larger than you and I and a conversation that you and I want to uh, advance. And like we, we both said, we want to listen. And you know, for people that don't know, I mean, I think, you know, going back and, and reviewing some of the things about the African-American experience and the black experience in, in America and the 1619 project that was very recent that just came out. Mm-hmm. The 13th is a documentary on, on Netflix. You can go check out. I mean, there's tons of resources. Uh, you and I are public school kids. We, we understand um, a little bit about the, the plight of public school and the education system and some of the ways that it's failed us. But we also have mothers who are teachers who uh, wanted to rectify that and, and mm-hmm. did their best to do that. And uh, we, we understand that as well. Um, we just want to educate. We want to learn. We want to listen. We want to grow. Um, and we all want to be better together. And I think that's sort of the main message. And uh, to keep it back to basketball, I think one of the people that's doing that out in the world is Steven Jackson. And mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to point that out. I mean, Steven Jackson is a guy, an NBA champion. Uh, we remember him probably from the Warriors more than anything um, when they upset the, the the number one seed Mavericks. But he's out with George Floyd's daughter. You know, she's singing, you know, my daddy changed the world. You know, these are powerful mm-hmm. moments. These are powerful uh, messages. And obviously, you know, we want to be a part of a, of a change together. And uh, it's great to see people in the basketball community like a Steven Jackson be such a such a bold figure out in the world and, uh, you know, shine so bright for so many people. And uh you know, we love Stack, so that was great to see. Shout out Seth Towns as well, getting detained, mm-hmm. uh, transfers to Ohio mm-hmm. State. Before he even steps on the court, he's, he's in uh, Columbus um, out there protesting. Yeah. Uh, most people I saw, all the Ohio State fans are going crazy. They love that. That's uh, And Tommy Amaker, his yeah, old yeah. coach at Harvard, all, comes yeah. out with a statement. Yep. Yeah, it's been cool, man. I, I again, I'm not the I'm not the the authority on this, and and my I'm, it's just one man's opinion, but it really does feel like this is. Uh, uh, becoming something like it's it's became something and and we've seen the, these these protests and 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 these movements come together but this one feels so much bigger and so much different so much more inclusive like all across the country all across the world and 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 as you said a lot of a lot of the basketball guys are, are rallying to make it happen and that's uh that's been cool to watch so um yeah i don't know we're we're we you, you and i as you said like we we don't have the answers we're not trying to uh that, that was we, we don't we didn't really want to lecture anybody or say like here's what you have to do because like we're certainly not qualified for that um but at the same time i think like some obvious things that that, that everyone can always do is just show empathy you know and 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 a willingness to learn and a willingness to say i don't have all the answers and i'm willing to learn and um i think those are general uh uh guidelines that'll help you through life um in general but especially in an instance like this. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll move on. We're going to, we're going to get back to like regularly scheduled programming, but I just wanted to uh, also say that that doesn't like 
we're not done with it either. You know what I mean? Like Tate and I are both like trying to figure out ways we can be better. Even, I mean, feel free to reach out to us. We have, uh, I know, I understand our, most of our audience is probably the, the stereotypical lister is probably like a 23 year old white dude, if I had to guess. Um, but we do have black people to listen to the show. I know this because they reached out to me after, uh, after Tuesday. Um, we, we had, I had multiple people reaching out to me. So, uh, if, if you are, uh, uh in the black community and you, you, you have ideas on how Tate and I can do better, we can be better. We're certainly all ears. We, we do want to be an active part of, of helping things along. Um, so don't take us getting back to making jokes about Dickie V and Will Wade as though, like we put out one statement, we wipe our hands of it, pat ourselves on the back, say we did it and move on. But, um, mm-hmm. with that being said, we are we are going to get back to regularly scheduling programming tape because the NBA is back. Yes, the NBA is officially back. Uh, news news broke today that the board of governors, the board of regents, the whatever the hell the board is, is this just the owners? Uh, it is the owners. They call themselves governors, right? That's how mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the board of governors voted twenty nine to one to ratify this plan to play in Walt Disney World to mm-hmm. to create a bubble in Walt Disney World beginning July thirty first. The NBA will play real life basketball games that have meaning that at the end of this, at the end of this little experiment, the Larry O'Brien trophy will be given out at Walt Disney World. I can't believe that's true. I know they've been floating this for a while, but I'm just a cynic. I'm a skeptic. Um, I, I, I never thought it would actually happen. I thought that that just sounds absolutely preposterous, but it's happening. I, and, and kudos to Adam Silver, a guy who I love making fun of because uh all the all of nba twitter all of the the nerds on nba twitter just like pat the guy on the back constantly and 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 for he gets praised all the time just because he he just like basically throws up a twitter poll of like what do you guys like to see and then whatever people vote on he's like all right we'll we'll talk about it we might do that (laughs) and like that's what is to me as an outsider that's like what his tenure as a commissioner has been so he's kind of fun to make fun of because just like the cold of personality that guy has that he can do no wrong when it's really like what is he even really doing as a commissioner um but as a guy that loves to make fun of him i gotta i gotta give him kudos i gotta uh you know stop stop with the jokes like this is amazing that he got this done and uh i applaud him for that so we're here not so fast in the words of lee corso <laughs> and uh we're not done yet right the players have to ratify this they're tomorrow. going to though. That, they're that going seems, to yes, yeah they're going but, to. but, but yeah. i like the idea that there's always another it hurdle. would be funny it would be funny if like between now and not funny is not the right you know what i mean if like mm-hmm. LeBron tested positive or something like mm-hmm. it, it, it like it just blows the whole plan up and like you and I are like oh my god the NBA's back and then they're like well now we're gonna have to rethink everything <laughs> mm-hmm. our bad <laughs> yeah. my bad that's what it could be uh yeah but the NBA is back like you said the CP3 and the players they'll ratify this most likely unless Dame Lillard is able to to start a grassroots campaign to get people to say I will not go to the bubble um, it, it'll be interesting one of the things I remember early on when the talks were of returning to basketball you know, there were players like Joe Ingles that, that you know, that didn't want to, you know, risk the health concerns of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Damian Little, like I said, he had mentioned he's not going to go down there if he doesn't have a real shot at making the playoffs at one point. That's all now uh, available. I'm very upset as a Charlotte Hornets fan. I don't understand how uh, the Wizards, like, there's just nine teams from the East that are going to go down. Oh, uh, you know, I know, I know exactly how they came up with this because everyone – this is the big, uh, a big talking point from what I can gather. Again, this news broke. We're taping this on, on Thursday afternoon. So like, mm-hmm. we just kind of saw that, that it is official about an hour or so ago. Um, but 
what and, and in, in that time, a lot of the chatter I've seen is like, why 22 teams? Why not 20? Like, why KOC is leading that charge? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I had this great idea for the World Cup. <laughs> they, uh, wh- why is that not mm-hmm. happening? Um, I'll tell you exactly why, Tate, because I, I went through and I did the math. So I, I crunched the numbers. The, 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 the way they came up with the 22 teams was they said anybody who was six games back of the eight seed gets in. Mm-hmm. Why six games, you ask yourself? Well, the Pelicans were three and a half back. So they, they, they wanted to get Zion Williamson into this thing. This is yes, the, Zion we, is we, in. Yes. we heard a lot of chatter about that, that like, it, it feels like the NBA. LeVar Ball would say they want Lonzo in, but yes. Yes, yeah, they, yeah, they want Zion in. They okay. want J.J. Redick in, mm-hmm. in, in this thing to keep mm-hmm. his streak alive of always making the playoffs. <laughs> um, the Pelicans had to be in. To get to the Pelicans, you had to do like three or four teams. Like It had to be like a big grouping of, of teams into the West to give them a chance. And – the Pelicans were only three and a half back. So if you draw the line at like, let's say every team within four games of eighth place gets to, gets to be in the East would have added no teams. Cause the wizards are in the ninth spot right now. They're yep. five and a half back. So what they did, I swear, this is what they did. They said the Pelicans have to be in so we could draw the line at four, but then if we're going to add West teams, we have to add at least one East team. They looked at the next, the, the one East team is the wizards that are five and a half back. So they said, boom, make the line six. And that's what they did. I, I swear that's what happened. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Because um, the Wizards are exactly five and a half back. And this was all just a ploy to get Zion there. And I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that either. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's also very funny because it seems like a very COVID-19 model to make up. You know what I mean? And I think that's yeah, yeah, why, yeah, right. you know, that's why KOC was so hot on this whole group, you know, stage of a basketball. Because at this point, it's like any idea is a good idea, right? People are willing yeah. to take whatever you throw out. And uh, yeah, Adam Silver throws this out. It's still a lot of moving parts and, and the testing uh, that's going to be required is, is obviously an interesting part of this whole thing. They're supposed to test every day. Um, the, the, yeah, let's go, let's go over the breakdown for people that don't live on the internet and, and haven't seen it or haven't paid much attention. Just see the headline that says the NBA is back and haven't really, mm-hmm. excuse me, paid much attention. Uh, so yeah, they're doing the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference or in each conference. I mean, every team that is within six games of the eight seed gets sent there, which means... Uh, what was it like? Five teams of from the West get to go, and one mm-hmm. team from the East, the Wizards, get to go because mm-hmm. they're five and a half back. Uh, as we just talked about, they're gonna play eight regular season games as a as a runway into starting this thing. Um, if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed, by the time those eight regular season games are done, they're doing a play-in tournament where the nine seed has to lose once and the eight seed has to lose twice. So it's basically the eight and the nine play. If the the eight seed wins the first game, it's over. If the nine seed wins, they play again, and then the winner of that gets to go. Um, the the training camps are starting in the home markets on June thirtieth, so everyone's flying to where their team is. Like, so some guys are out yep. of the country, some guys are. So apparently, those guys are gonna have to fly in kind of now, um, quarantine themselves before they go to their training camp. Then they do a week training camp. They fly to Orlando July seventh. They quarantine there for two weeks. Or, and, and they they are in a bubble within the bubble for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then they can start the real bubble, which begins July thirty first and Game Seven of the finals. So this this thing could go till October twelfth. Um, it is absolutely insane. It is as you said. We, we live in the Corona times where like any idea is sure. Why not? Let's try it. Um, I, I I was just a cynic the entire time because I thought it, th- there's just no way that this is possible. But to, to Adam Silver's credit, for all of his for all the criticisms of him being like the cool uncle of commissioners in sports, I don't think any other league would do this. There's not a, I don't think there's another professional league uh, that, that, that matters in this country that would 
do something this wild where you throw everyone in a bubble or uh, at Disney World, all that stuff. Um, it is it is a very bizarre circumstance, but they're getting it done. And I, I cannot wait to watch basketball played at the Wide World of Sports Complex <laughs> in Orlando. It's going to be very interesting because we've heard all the reports about maybe trying to create home court advantages by building the floors out here, mm-hmm. like for each team. Like the Lakers want to have their court because I guess LeBron and these guys are comfortable. And they want Jack Nicholson in courtside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want the experience. They want Staples Center. Like yeah. they're on Disney. They don't understand. They're like, why yeah. can't this happen? So uh, like that would be awesome the- if you get one celebrity fan. Every team gets one celebrity fan. And they get to sit courtside if it's <laughs> deemed a home game. <laughs> so it's the Drake gets to to. If it's the if it's the Raptors or the Lakers or yeah. the or the Bucks or anyone Drake likes, he gets to sit courtside and heckle the other team. Yeah. yeah, no, he just switches every jersey every single time. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. even matter. Yeah, we or we get Jake Gyllenhaal like as like Bubble Boy there for the experience. And like Rob Lowe's wearing an NBA hat sitting court right at, right at half court, <laughs> just, <laughs> just an NBA hat. logo. Yes, he's like a big Jerry West guy. Happy 82nd birthday to the logo. Love him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. where we want the NBA. I think right now it's still the entertainment aspect of this. I'm very excited about that. I got a great text from a friend of the program today asking what I thought uh, would be the turnout, like the draft implications from the bubble play. Like, mm-hmm. what, what would we watch in the bubble play that would that would lead to something crazy happening in the draft? And I have two things that that came to mind, and this is what I, one of them being the Lamelo Ball slash John Wall effect. John Wall comes mm-hmm. back to the 19 Wizards. Uh, he, he's apparently 110. percent I didn't even know that was possible um, <laughs> after all these after all these things, but he's 110 percent, and he comes back and balls out just like as just running the show, running the tempo, just as John Wall has been able to do before. Uh, and Bradley Bill goes off, and the Wizards make a little run. So Lamelo Ball goes number one, right? That's that's mm-hmm. one crazy scenario. The other scenario is that everyone is terrible at basketball because they haven't been shooting around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes like an 87, 84 type you know, games that we see in these series and especially the early games and Montrez Harrell type players, you know, mm-hmm. rim protectors, defenders, uh, what they would call Robbie Humble's favorite term that I like to use low center of gravity type guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Montrez Harrell gets Obi Toppin picked pretty early because people are like, I need, I need that guy uh, that can play out of the post, got a motor. Um, so, so these are the, the bubble implications on the draft because the draft is nonsense. Um, I've looked through the yeah. top 60 players. They keep putting out these different lists, like the top 60 guys. They're all different. You can, mm-hmm. you can make up – you could give me 30 guys that you made up, Mark Titus, that don't exist that you could put in NCAA 09, and I would probably say, man, that guy sounds like a good prospect. Yeah. Uh, that's how all these top 60 lists are. So that's one fun part of the bubble, like the way that basketball will be affected, uh, the draft in, in and of itself. Um, but October versus baseball and football seems wild. Yeah, uh, I, I, Ivan Rank, I've been hearing a lot of chatter that Ivan Ranko could go number one. He's getting yeah. a lot of buzz from Ivan Ranko right now. Um, yeah. No, Tate, first of all, baseball is not going to compete. This is this is. Mm-hmm. I was going to save this for just my final point on this whole thing, <laughs> but I'll just say it now. Like yeah. this is an absolute disgrace to baseball. As a guy who is a baseball fan, I, uh, I, I say that every time because I feel like baseball fans are few. And baseball, far my first love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, as a big time baseball, as and not not even I'm not just a baseball fan who like casually likes that it exists over there and like I just like the idea of it existing and I don't really tune in. Like I'm a guy who listens to baseball on radio as I'm doing yard work. I care that much mm-hmm. about it. This is very frustrating. The baseball is baseball is a sport that that feels corona proof in the sense of like you're you're outside in the field, you're away. Like if if, if the NBA can figure this out, Tate, I don't understand how baseball can't figure this out. 
baseball is a sport that is like not really impacted by the fans. It's certainly regular season games aren't really, aren't really affected by fans anyway. So the idea of like playing in front of no fans should not really matter for baseball. Um, you're out on a field, you're outside, it's, it's spread out. Like there's so many reasons that, and, and the season hasn't even like you could salvage the season. Like, as you said, the playoffs aren't supposed to start till October. You have, you, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm incredulous. I have no idea how baseball is driving the ball. Uh, and they, they have no sense of urgency. Like they, I, 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 I will always side with the players over the, the owners in, in, in disputes like this. So I'm just going to assume that the owners are screwing it up. Um, but just the, the, the complete lack of urgency, it feels like on both sides where, where they're just like, yeah, we, we, we made this offer and like, I don't know, I guess that's it. They don't want it. So I don't know. It's like, what the hell is going on? We need baseball. What is happening? This is what happens though when you don't have peer pressure of, of the Twitter people, you know what I yeah. mean? When, when they're coming at you and they're like, drop a new headline, tell us Who? what you're going to do, release the plan. Who's the Kevin O'Connor of baseball that we need to throw out these World Cup? Like, just I don't know. Because to your point about the home court advantage thing, I felt like all that discussion about like how are we going to like one suggestion was one guy gets seven fouls on a team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just get to pick one. That that all felt and, like an in first pick of rooms. Yeah, like, like, like of it's rooms. like a like an AAU or like a rec league. Like, I don't even know what's going all on. All of that felt like a negotiation tactic where you purposely throw in outlandish stuff so that gets cut. And then to you me, leave. yeah, and you to me, it was leaked. Stuff. It was leaked to see if LeBron is like would approve of that. Like, they're trying to get the approval mm-hmm. of the players, like Chris Paul and those guys. They're reading that report and they're like, nah, this is not going, yeah, work. this is the problem <laughs> because seven fouls is not going to work. They're throwing out these negotiation tactics. This is how the NBA got the deal done. Because when you're when you're saying one guy gets seven fouls, and you're then saying, Thon Maker is the most valuable player that should be in the playoffs. Like someone should have tried to make a. If, if they had known that, they would have made a trade for Thon Maker. If if you're saying one guy gets seven fouls, and you're saying um, let's let's ship our home courts to Orlando just so we have our nice pretty logo at center court. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start suggesting nonsense like that, suddenly living in a bubble. And the wide world of sports complex doesn't sound that crazy. You know what I mean? Like you just, mm-hmm. you raise the bar of craziness <laughs> then then you bring it back down and everyone mm-hmm. finds a compromise. This is the problem with baseball is they're just going, they're, they're very straightforward with the negotiation process. Like someone needs to come out and just say like, what if we all did steroids between now and the first opening day? And like add that as part of the, the negotiation tactics. It's like, let's just, let's juice the balls even more. Let's give, uh, every home run is a grand slam now. Even if it's a solo shot, you get four runs for it. Just start throwing out crazy shit like that. And then that gets like eliminated from the negotiation table. You settle on something and, and bada bing, bada boom, what you ultimately settle on was what you should have settled on in the first place. I don't know. Am I too smart, Tate? I don't know. Did I solve baseball? Um, I don't know. Clip that and send that. I mean, or maybe maybe <laughs> just write that out. Someone just make that a transcription and then make that a, a blog post and put the headline out. And there you go. You just saved it. Um, MLB. I, I am so excited for this, though, because I think uh, as a guy who has played events in the Disney wide world of sports complex, um, the idea of the highest level of basketball taking place at that place is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I, I can't think of a better solution for how to, to bring back the season. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying I would have done it any differently, but just like the, now that it's actually happening, I cannot wait for to watch the first game. I think the scene is going to be ridiculous. Um, but we're getting basketball. We're getting meaningful basketball. And I, I hope nothing happens between now <laughs> and July 31st that changes that because I'm also – the cynic in me is also like, surely something's going to happen and they're going to have to axe this whole plan. But 
I don't know. We'll deal with that when the time comes. I'm excited for now. <laughs> I need what I need is uh, NBA Entertainment. Whoever's running that wing of NBA right now, I need them to do a full on like let's let's film everything that's going on in this little village in the mm-hmm. inner island. That's the, the, all these new terms that are coming out of this. So when they're in the inner island and they're they're in the motel and they're all isolated, like w- what's going to happen? Because they're all going to be next to each other. It's just it just seems like it's ripe for chaos and also just for I mean it's competitive. What like, jokes? Like, call your like, shot. What what jokes are going to be beaten to the ground more when this thing gets off? When this thing actually happens? Uh, mm. Number your your options are something along the lines of Rudy Gobert. Like whenever mm. Rudy Gobert plays the first game, I feel like Twitter is just going to go nuts and and talk about how the whole reason we're in Orlando is because of Rudy Gobert, as though mm. like no other person they'd be able to got it. There would mm. be no pandemic if not for Rudy Gobert coughing on microphones and touching them. No, a hundred percent. Here's his new nickname: Patient Zero. <laughs> Patient uh, Zero. Yeah, yeah I, that joke. Or the good to see James Harden still practicing social distancing on defense when when they they, they show mm-hmm. clips of James Harden not playing defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Freeze oh. frame. Yeah, yeah. James yeah. Harden somehow his feet are turned the other way. <laughs> Dame Lillard's going this way. Yeah, exactly. Twenty one thousand retweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, America. Yeah, poor James Harden. He had fifty five <laughs> points in that game. <laughs> fifty five points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. <laughs> Meme to death. And he took four <laughs> plays off on defense. And, <laughs> and you will be me. What a bub. Um, so a, a few a few points of concern are they don't I don't feel like they have an actual plan for if someone tests positive. Uh, mm. the, the plan right now is like. The guy gets quarantined. The guy gets removed from the the situ- the, the the bubble, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's all fine and well on paper. But what happens when it's LeBron and it's Game Six? The, the night before Game Six, LeBron tests positive for coronavirus. What do you do? Yeah, what do you well, do as a league? And yeah. he shows he's showing no symptoms. He's not sick. Uh, come on, I mean, yeah. what, you know what you do is you find the guy from Salt Lake City, deliver <laughs> deliver a pizza to LeBron. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the flu game for real. Um, you got to go out. I mean, asymptomatic carriers. If you read KOC's piece, uh, you know, I know we've been joking about that piece, but like he's got doctors in there talking about, you know, data based on 2000 patients and, and being able to do group testing and all these different things. But like you said, th- there's a lot of leeway there where what happens if this happens and what yeah. is the fallout of that? And those are all contingency plans. I'm sure that Adam Silver has a million of those in place. And, uh, we, mm-hmm. we just want basketball. And I mean, I saw Josh Hart put a nice, you know, heartwarming tweet out there for everyone in the mm-hmm. world, basically saying, I hope we can all get together and play basketball and, and that'll help the world mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, I hope it will at Disney World, uh, maybe yeah. with Mickey Mouse. I feel like Mickey Mouse is going to be in center court, though. I, I, want, I know all these teams <laughs> want it to be their logo, but it's going to be Disney. They're like, welcome. Yeah, welcome Disney. to Disney World. We own basketball now. The, this is Boron Mountain. It would be funny if the, uh, the, the Disney mascots are like uh, just around the court just kind of like dancing along as the games are playing and like i mean waving at non-existent fans it's, it's and, close to more on yeah, it's for yeah. sure <laughs> just no fans just absolutely no fans um the other my, my last thought we'll move on to to more college basketball news mm-hmm. uh if it, you have to be out of your skull if you think the los angeles lakers aren't winning this thing and i'm not saying that because i want the lakers to win i'm just saying like if it, it, the, the, the lakers are 10 million percent winning this thing between Kobe passing away, between the Jordan uh, doc coming out, and basically the entire reason for the last dance was Michael Jordan looking in the camera and saying, LeBron James, I'm better than you. Kiss my ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of five weeks is pretty much what that thing was. <laughs> um, the Lakers have to win. LeBron has to win. They're, they're going to find a way to win, which is why I think it's fascinating to do a, a thought exercise of LeBron James testing positive 
during this because there's a zero percent chance that LeBron James is going to get removed from this bubble and, and told you can't play in this because this is this is where this thing's headed. The Lakers are going to win. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers are the favorites for sure. I, I've seen that. That is the big argument. Who is the favorites? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Lakers? The it's like you know Chris Broussard, who's on Fox, you know, is going to argue for the Clippers, and then you know Nick Wright's going to fire back with LeBron at the Lakers, and we're going to get that same argument for mm-hmm. you know until October for you know or I guess probably until September, um, yeah. and and that's going to be a, a fun timeline for everyone. But I will say this: I would not want to be a one seed in this weird bubble tournament and play a team like, I don't know, the Trailblazers who have Dame mm-hmm. Lillard, yeah. and they're an eight seed and they're hot. I'd much rather play Zion Williamson or Ja Morant, a rookie. Um, and uh, I don't know. I seem, It seems like Dame Lillard, if he's going to go down there, he's probably going to try to send a message. It's a smaller gym than the NBA arenas, so mm-hmm. the 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 backdrop behind the, the backboard is going to be closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the rim is going to feel like – Basically, the mind tricks that are going to end up happening, Tate, is that the guys – I'm doing the calculations as a shooter myself. Uh, you should be able to shoot from deeper just because mm-hmm. – like, you should be able to pull it from deep. And for Dame Lillard, a guy that, like, has half-court range, mm-hmm. uh, that's insane. It's, it's going to basically be like the Maui Invitational, in my mind. Like, guys mm-hmm. are going to be able to hit from anywhere, and that's going to be, that's going to be amazing. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, we, we can talk about the college basketball implications, which is that – the draft deadline has now been moved to August 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to withdraw by August 3rd or 10 days after the combine. They, the NBA doesn't know what they're doing about the combine yet. Um, so that's fascinating because you're going to have guys theoretically like they're in the draft up until August 3rd and then they call their college basketball coach and they're like, coach, I want to come back now. And we're going to get into these weird – It was LeGerald Vick was a great example of that, right, mm-hmm. at Kansas? that uh, uh, he, he lost his number. Yeah. Yeah, he lost his number because he came back because like mm-hmm. – yeah, yeah. Bill Self was like, I thought you were gone. Uh, we're going to get a lot of those stories of guys coming back that that, that coaches didn't realize were coming back because that is a very, very late. I mean, some schools are all, I, I guess they probably chose August 3rd because schools haven't started by then. But um, that's that is really close to school starting. You have to like be enrolled at school at that, at that point. So uh, that's going to be fascinating. Also, the draft now is October 15th, uh, which will compete against assuming the NFL season happens as, as it usually does. Uh, there will be a Thursday night NFL game, so that'll be fascinating to see the, um, I don't know the 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 fight between NFL Twitter and the the, the Jaguars Texans Thursday night mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. does like three times the ratings as the NBA draft. <laughs> yeah, Brown, Browns Bengals Thursday night yeah. showdown, uh, both three and three, and yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's gonna be an absolute. It's the worst draft in God knows how long versus yes. yeah, the, yes. yeah. And everyone's gonna be like, man, I'm so glad sports. Here, hey, yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling my shot on that. The here's here's a preemptive joke. We're getting ahead of it. Uh, man, when I said I wish sports were back, I lied. Because mm-hmm. you have, you're going to have a shitty draft versus a shitty football game. You're going to be like... That's a million retweets yeah. right there. Yeah, a million retweets. <laughs> <laughs> Please retweet when I tweet that. There you, <laughs> go. Like, um, there you go. All right. So, yeah, congratulations to the NBA. Congratulations, uh, Adam Silver. That is cool uh, that, that, you're, that you're getting this done. The NBA has found a way to come back in Walt Disney World where every, t- every player is staying in the same hotel and Major League Baseball can't even decide on like how many games you're going to play our season. I blame the Astros. Now that I think about it, this has to be the work of the mm-hmm. Astros. This has to be sabotaged. The Astros knew that they were going to be the biggest villains and everywhere they went, they, were, they, they knew they were going to get beaten. That's what it was. Every game they were playing in, Jose Altuve was getting one thrown right at his dome every single game. So they were like, can we please just mess this up for everybody and not have a season and let everything die down? I think that's what happened. 
<laughs> that sounds about right to me. I uh, I just have one more thing I have to point out before we get out of here. Uh, Disney that that's pretty gangster, you know. What I mean, like they got their like they got their money's worth. They were like, yeah. all right, oh, we're gonna get NBA basketball. Yeah. In fact, you're gonna come down to our facilities. You're gonna mm-hmm. play the games. Now play the games, and yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty good move. Uh, Mickey Mouse wins again. It, to to bring it back to South Park, right? To get back on program here, it just reminds me of the, of the Mickey Mouse. I got I got Tauntauns coming out my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Uh, it's good, good to have Mickey. It's, it's good to have Mickey Mouse back. Uh, I like that. Um, all right, so where where do we want to pivot to? Do we want to talk about Zion, or do we want to talk about Will Wade? And Let's Dick talk about Vitale. Will Wade and Dick Vitale. Let's just all talk right. about the uh, the Dickie V uh, versus Yahoo gang versus like the just the, the scoopers, right? The, the, our favorite group of people, the people that are coming out to to point out mm-hmm. the uh, the corruption. The last time that we we both talked about Will Wade uh, in depth, we talked about a documentary that said he was a gangster. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was uh, basically, you know, holding his own in, in a game that is uh, filled with people that are, are willing to, to to hold lots of bags uh, mm-hmm. at times and, and different types of bags and things. But uh, Dickie Vitale, he has a, a, a manhunt going on right now for Will Wade, and we are here on behalf of Will Wade. Yeah, we are. Uh, is we're, that we're, correct? Yes. Yeah, if, if if we have to split sides, we we do not want to be caught in the middle of this either. Mm-hmm. Where we're we're sitting on mm-hmm. the fence. We are we are firmly team Will Wade. Uh, Dick in Vitale. this scenario, we want to be very specific. We yeah, in this that. scenario. Well, <laughs> honestly, after watching the scheme, um, I am I am just kind of like, yeah, the guy. All, all signs point to, uh, you know, that this is this is not going to end well for Will Wade. But I respect I, he's he's true to form. I respect that the guy knows exactly what he is. I respect that like you have other you have you have Sean Miller applauding him. When when Sean Miller is calling you a gangster for your tactics, uh you have my attention, you have my respect. Um Will Wade is not a guy who is you know like like trying to I I don't really feel like he's two-faced even though he kind of is. He kind of does put on the uh, the the most people know what Will is. He's not two-faced. He's baby-faced. Two yeah, he's, he's baby-faced. Baby face. Yes, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> he's he's kind of, I don't know. There's there's something about him I love because he's just very, he feels very sure of himself. And I I, I respect the hell out of that. But anyway, back to this specific point, Tape. Uh, Diggy V tweets on Wednesday, sources tell me that LSU has been notified by the NCAA of various allegations that they have been charged with involving the men's basketball program, which is to say, if you're reading between the lines, Dickie V is claiming that LSU has received their notice of allegations um, from the NCAA. Uh, Jeff Goodman replies to that tweet Thursday morning. He said he basically quote tweets it and says, I have been told this is not accurate. (laughs) A source has told me this is not accurate. Mm -hmm. LSU has yet to receive their notice of allegations. So you start searching around. You're like, well, maybe Goodman has bad sources. Maybe Dickie V was right. Um, no one else, no one else in the Scoots game is 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 backing Dickie V up. There's not this a single a solo, person. This is a solo scoop. This is not a, a single person out there scoop. is saying, yeah, th- this is true. Um, so I don't know who Dickie V sources. I don't know. Again, the 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 irony of it all is not lost on you and I. Certainly that um, Dickie V will stump for Rick Pitino at any turn, while at the same time, like pulling what little hair he has left out of his head, uh, trying to understand how Will Wade still has a job. Um, <laughs> It is fascinating theater, and I am very much Team Will Wade in this this scenario. <laughs> yeah, and LSU came out; they refuted the report. Uh, like you said, Jeff Goodman did the same thing, and then Dickie V responded, basically saying, "Like uh, it's coming." Uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, it, he used our favorite model. Uh, eventually, eventually, ev- ev- eventually, it will be there. Uh, will Wade will see the day. Uh, his reckoning uh, on behalf of Dickie V, and you know, at, at the end of the day, when, when Dick Vitale is on Periscope. 
and he's getting the comments and, and he's getting the live interactions. He's probably getting too many scoops to be able to sift through. And I think uh, one thing we can say and reach out to Coach Dickie V is that we will sift through the scoops. Do you think him. that's do you think that's what happened? Was this yes. uh, this is a pair uh, this is a pair periscope comment? Yes, yeah. or Facebook. This is a comment mishap. I think someone said, <laughs> "I uh, I'm on the board of governors." Uh, probably they probably said board of governors. I have a I have a cousin that I have a cousin that works in the Pentagon, and he told me that. <laughs> yes, exactly. That uh, LSU got the NOA, or it's one of the you and I have dealt with uh, some mail issues with mail not coming uh, on time. So maybe it's one of those things mm-hmm. where they send the mail just like waiting to get to Baton Rouge. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Dickie V's just ahead of the curve. I, I think so. Should we get ahead of the curve? Are there things that we could say? I mean, I kind of already did with the jokes about the, the NBA. I mean, I'm, I'm ahead of the curve with those, but I'm trying to think of stories that uh, I, I'll, I'll report that Arizona has received their notice of allegations. <laughs> I'm going to report that um, Arizona has received a notice of allegations from the NCAA. Um, it includes allegations and mm-hmm. uh they they have been received so i'm gonna report mm-hmm. that i'm trying to think what else we could report that mm-hmm. is definitely it, going to happen but <laughs> nc state has their notice of allegations yep. we just want to remind people that they still have them they're looking at them they are assessing the situation monitoring coach, coach k has announced his retirement um i'm hearing that <laughs> uh so when that happens whether it's this year uh, or 12 years from now um please mm. please remember that i had the scoop first <laughs> That was good. Uh, yeah, so that that is fun. That'll always be fun. Dickie V obviously has like that. That's the funniest part to me. Isn't even that that he's you know like trying to get in the scoops game or or um in in a vacuum. I guess it's not that funny. What makes it funny is that he's like very clearly has a hard on for Will Wade and LSU mm-hmm. in light of like defending Patino at every turn and. It, even if that's the case, I don't know. Like even even if I was in his shoes, because I kind of get it. Like you're going to defend your friend, and and at this point, you're you're so far in the bag for Patino that you can't like now step back and be like, well, I was wrong. I guess Patino, I should treat him on on equal footing. But you would think he would just stop. Like you would stop tweet. Like all you have to do is just like not attack Will Wade or glorify Rick Patino. Just do one of those things is all mm-hmm. we're really asking. All we're asking is like when Iona wins three games in a row this year, you don't tweet. My man Rick's got it going. Mm, Someone, mm, one of mm. these power schools, got to give him another chance. I'm telling you, Rick Patino's that you know, because <laughs> we all know that that's going to come. I can't um, wait. That is that is the problem, and that's what makes it so funny. Is and and he's just oblivious to to what's going on. But I guess if you tell Dickie V how to conduct his affairs, then you wouldn't then you wouldn't be Dickie V, right? So I guess exactly got to take the good with the bad. To point one thing out with Dickie V with the, just the last the last note. I mean, it, it is progress, right? We've seen the whole state of, about Cleveland State and all this sort of stuff. The Tarkanian mm-hmm. quote we've seen it a million different times. At least now, it's not Cleveland State that's getting the sanctions. It's Arizona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe maybe an Auburn could be involved or an NC State. Mm-hmm. Like, at least we've moved up to a, A-tier programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just not blue bloods. And maybe one day. No, that's not maybe, true. Remember, remember the one report we, we we were told that four blue bloods were? Well, Arizona blue blood. Uh, or, or, uh, <laughs> or no, it was four elite programs is what mm-hmm. it was. I think elite mm-hmm. was the determination. Four, yeah. Um, Kansas is the only program that we're waiting on. That that yeah. would that would break that would be a, a, a different echelon. That was like okay, we're in the blue blood territory. Yeah, yeah. They they have Kentucky's been there, but but Kentucky, you know, it's okay. Yeah, Kansas already has their notice of allegations, so that's true. We just have to see what's going to actually happen, and um, they're going eventually. With, yeah, eventually. eventually, eventually, we'll see if uh, anything comes of that. Um, also, another thing, as we're living in the eventually realm, um, <laughs> Zion Williamson Tate. Mm. Uh, 
so here's the update on this. We, we, we talked about this earlier that, that uh, he's being sued by what is like former agent marketing manager, whatever the hell she was um, is, is suing Zion because he basically pulled out of that deal and signed with CAA, I believe. Right. Is, yes. that, is that correct? Yes, yeah, that's hundred percent correct. Signed with CAA. She's, she's suing. Cause she's like, listen, I was set to make a ton of money off of this. You just backed out of our deal. Uh, what the hell? Um, and long story short, her, she, she is requesting that Zion has to testify and present, and, and present this evidence that he was basically being paid at Duke because if he was being paid to attend Duke University, it calls into question his eligibility, which then there's some rule in North Carolina, yada, 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 that's in effect. But if he was paid, then it's not in effect. She might win the law. Who cares? The point is uh, she, was, she was requesting that Zion has to testify in court under oath that he was – he was receiving improper benefits to attend Duke university. And it felt like, and then Zion was appealing it and it felt like it wasn't going to happen. It felt like it was a shot in the dark that this was even going to happen. A judge ruled on Tuesday that Zion will now have to, he will be required to answer eligibility questions in court date, but not so fast because today a temporary stay was issued uh, in this case. So uh, I'm not a legal expert. I don't know what exactly what a temporary stay means. My understanding is it's like, the courtroom works like a dog a little bit where you just yell stay and everything just freezes right there. You just yell stay over and over and it freezes. But then I don't know what happens after that, whether the dog then walks, whether the dog like just sits there and licks its nuts. I don't know. I don't know what's next, but right now we're staying. So the dog is staying. Mm-hmm. Um, this case is, 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 is sitting, it's staying. Uh, but Tuesday, if the, if the case progresses, it seems like Zion's going to have to testify. And I guess the ultimate point is, does it even matter at this point? Because the fact that Zion's attorneys are fighting so hard against making him have to testify kind of tells us what we need to know already, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It says without saying, and I don't think that Zion needs to go to court and and be put through the whole rigor of the situation because at the end of the day, this is the system at play. We've talked about it uh, ad nauseum on this program. Uh, We understand it. We, we try to discuss it. Uh, at the at the surface level as best we can mm-hmm. um i think the real things that the the request for admissions right that's what they're going for they're saying that mm-hmm. his mother sharonda uh samson w- was aware that uh, uh he received that she received gifts and economic benefits uh directly or indirectly directly people uh working on behalf of duke university these are the things mm-hmm. uh that like we were just talking about that enters a different threshold into the blue blood territory um, and then I think your prediction earlier would come true because then Coach K would say, wait, what? You know, say la vie. And um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, that would really disrupt the system, right, uh, with this whole thing. I hope that Zion doesn't have to uh, actually go to court, but he's going to be in Florida, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's the other part of this. I, if I were he him, I, wouldn't be in Florida, go, yeah. I would not want to be in Florida. <laughs> Like, do not go to Florida, Zion. He's going to lose on purpose. In the, he in and the Dave Willard are going to get – like, they're going to call each other tonight and say, like, we're not going to ratify this. CP3 yeah. pass on this. We want um, group stage. For for all the people that do want to – you want to roll your eyes at this because uh, you kind of express the sin. We talked about it ad nauseum. There's a little – there's an element of, like, who cares? We all know that these guys are getting paid anyway. Plus, even if they're not, they deserve to get it. So who really cares? Um, I will say – I have two thoughts on that train of thought. Number one, uh, I was listening to Bomani uh, talk about it a little bit. And he was saying, he, he was just like rolling his eyes basically at the idea that like for the longest time, 
the uh, guys getting paid is a massive deal. But then as soon as the hammer might fall on Duke, we're all collectively going to shrug our shoulders and be like, who cares? We as a college basketball community cannot allow that to happen. If, mm-hmm. if for all these years we've been, you know, pecking at John Calipari for, for his improprieties or, or allegations of improprieties, like we can't, and, and Patino and like, we, we, we can't make a big deal about all that. And then as soon as the day of reckoning comes for Duke, we're like, yeah, who cares? We, we can't allow that to happen. Um, and number two, Tate, Zion Williamson testifying in court that he was given impermissible benefits <laughs> is a massive deal. Like that is for, uh, even though we all know it happens, uh, whether around the country, we all know that like this, there's not a single person that'll be shocked if he says, yes, I was paid. Um, him actually saying it matters. It, it very much matters. Uh, so that's why we're going to keep our eye on it. We're going to monitor the situation because this is matter. This isn't just more of like speculation, whatever. If he actually says this in a courtroom, that matters. They want Zion to admit that he received money, mm-hmm. benefits, favors, mm-hmm. or other things of value to attend Duke. Mm-hmm. Those are the things. And I remember uh, on a program uh, you and I hosted not too long ago, we talked about Zion Williamson visiting North Carolina, uh, being promised to wear the number 12 for Phil Ford. And a lot of people thinking, hey, Zion Williams is going to go to Carolina. That's going to happen. I did not believe it. And then he went to Duke. So for me, it would make me feel better to know that, you know, he signed with Jumpman later. It would make me feel better to know that he did have some persuasion yeah. to go to Duke. Yeah. Um, it, like we at one point talked about him going to Clemson. Uh, I think that would make us feel better in our minds, you know, because then it makes him more of a free agent too. Yeah, right, right. So Zion could create a distance from Duke if he wants to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that he doesn't. He probably just wants to stay away from this. Um, but like you said, if he goes to trial, we will be all over it. I, we'll I can promise it, you that. I mean, yeah, we will be all over it. But uh, Monty pointed it out. We will, we will stand, uh, stand tall and stand tall. We, we got your back, Bomani. We're not going to let this, uh, <laughs> we're not going to shrug our shoulders and say this isn't important. Um, Zion's attorney, by the way, I, I saw this quote from Zion's attorney about the, the thing. Uh, that issue is a complete canard and a complete red herring, was the quote mm-hmm. talking about Zion, whether Zion was paid. That issue is a complete canard and a complete red herring. So my question is, the use of canard, I have never heard this word in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I've never heard it in that context in my life. Uh, The fact that Luke Canard played at Duke before Zion, do you think think there's some sort of connecting of the dots to be made there that (laughs) that the attorney chose to use the word canard uh, uh, in, in the quote? I think it could be one of those things where he it's a proper noun usage of like that was a canard type situation. Like he just wanted to come to Duke. We didn't even oh, have okay. to pay him. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he was like, you know, that's a classic canard. Yeah. And, and, then, and, then, uh, and then when they, they typed up the quote, they picked the wrong version like, of canard. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, uh, like, I guess that's what he's saying. Uh, but yeah, that's the only thing I could think of um, that would make any sense there, maybe. But uh, Man, yeah. I, I read it as a diversion that we <laughs> consciously hear the word canard. And then I'm like, yeah, what happened? How did Luke Canard? <laughs> all Ohio guy, he's he's uh you know he he basically got that out of fire because he didn't go to Ohio State. Never even never even looked at Ohio State. Never even took a phone call from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Grew up a Kentucky fan. Didn't go to Kentucky either. Went to Duke. Huh? Interesting. Mm. Hmm. Makes you think. I, that, I think that's why they said the quote. That's <laughs> that, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll be all over it. We're gonna monitor every bit of it. What else we got? We need to talk about Mike Miller. Yeah, quickly. Let's uh, yeah, let's just jump on like what is going on in Pennyland, right? I mean, this is uh, this is the the Memphis experiment. Uh, this is what we thought would be great. The mini comes over. Uh, Tubby is out. Tubby goes to High Point. Uh, Penny goes. We're going for the five stars. We have a plan. 
Mike Miller is recruiting. He's on private jets. We got bags of Louis bags mm-hmm. on on planes. Everything looks mm-hmm. great. We got James Wiseman coming. The NCAA obviously, you know, they, they interfere. We don't get James Wiseman. We obviously, you know, our season turns into what it turns into this year. Um, the momentum seems to be slipping. It is, uh, yeah. but <laughs> is it is it yeah, slipping so. or is it just me feeling that way? I don't know. I think so. And on top of it, John Morant's in Memphis. There's like a revigoration of the Memphis Grizzlies franchise, which. Uh, you know, I think part of the excitement of Penny going to Memphis was the Grizzlies were on the downturn. I mean, th- this is th- this is not the, the actual excitement, but like that, that that had to factor into it. Like the city of Memphis, we know we our, our, basketball and that our guy was- Verno has explained to us that the people in Memphis just love all basketball and they love the Grizzlies and the Tigers equally. Um, and the Grizzlies sucking was perfect vacuum for Penny to step in, bring James Wiseman, blow up the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, make it a big deal. And now all of a sudden John Morant has the Grizzlies back relevant um, as James Wiseman is ineligible as Penny is declaring that he's going to win the national championship. And I guess, yeah, in the end he wasn't necessarily wrong because the, the tournament got canceled, but they weren't even going to make the tournament. Were they? Mm-hmm. No, they're going to make the tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bummer. I, I'm, I'm interested to see who he hires next. I haven't even heard names be thrown around. I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if he's going to go the same route where he's like just going straight for the recruiting play by hiring like uh um, I don't know. The first name that came to mind was Scooney Penn, who's a, a Grizzlies. He's, he's on staff with the Grizzlies right now. He's already in Memphis. Uh, hire him and have him. Uh, is he going to go that route, or is he going to go like the route of just hiring some like guy in his mid forties that no one's ever heard of? But like Jeff Goodman's really excited about the hire and says this is a great hire. And <laughs> he's like a great number two guy. Great yeah. number two guy. Yeah. That no one knows a, about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a great defensive schemer. Like every time yeah, you yeah. talk about Memphis, you're like their, their defense is yeah. unbelievable. The way that they, they they play an advanced pack line. Yeah. So they'll come yeah. up with some uh, some term for the whole thing. I mean, he has the draft uh, that will help him out a little bit, right? If, if those guys go to the draft, like Wiseman and their successes, yeah. people can point to. You know, Penny putting guys in the league, right? That's a that's a big part of the the one and done. That world is true. That, that is true. Into. That is true. Uh, I but but to to your point, we're not saying Penny is not going to be successful. We're saying the um, initial just excitement, the buzz, the buzz is wearing off, and it's not all Penny's fault. But uh, Mike Miller stepping down, and for, not even it's not even that Mike Miller left for a different job. He resigned to spend more time with his family. Um, that's 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 a bummer for for the for the Penny the 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 aura of Penny Hardaway at Memphis. Mike Miller stepping down without even having a job lined up, which I, I I'm not saying that there's that he hates Penny or anything like that, but it's just um, I don't know because because the, the the way the era started, as you said, the picture of Mike Miller, Penny Hardaway on the private plane with the Louis mm-hmm. Vuitton bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget, by the way, Penny Hardaway tagged LeBron in that tweet for no discernible reason other than Mike Miller and LeBron. Other than Bronny James, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a future down payment. Looking back on it, like he tagged LeBron. That's kind of, mm-hmm. I mean. That's awesome. That's that was before. That was before Bronny was on ID. That was uh, he couldn't tag him personally. He's like, I'll tag LeBron. He'll see it. Um. Yeah, but that was like if you compare that moment in time of the Penny Hardaway era at Memphis to where we're at now, yeah, it feels like he's losing some steam. But you can get it back. You can get it back if James Wiseman mm-hmm. finds a way to like ball out at a combine that doesn't even exist right now, or <laughs> like and 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 plays his way into number one pick. That that would be big. That would be big if James Wiseman could be number one. I think you could tout that. And, um, yeah, I think he needs to align with John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies and mm-hmm. just be full on Memphis, like one Memphis, make up some campaign, make it a whole thing, and then uh, leave Rick Barnes alone. I feel like that that's been a problem. I feel like uh, for yeah, a little, yeah. bit, he wanted to uh, attack Tennessee and Knoxville, and 
you know, you're, you're still in the state of Tennessee and, and there's a lot of people that are peripheral that, that aren't just Memphis fans that probably just like Tennessee. So yeah. just leave Tennessee alone. You know, who cares what they're doing? You got to get Derrick Rose back in the fold. Yeah. Um, quit letting Cal CDR. Yeah, yeah, you got you, – Cal has stolen Derrick Rose from Memphis and you can't mm-hmm. let that happen. You got to get Derrick Rose back in the fold. Um, yeah, find, find stuff like that. And, and make Ja Morant for Memphis – for for University of Memphis, what Derrick Rose is for Kentucky, where everyone kind of thinks he went to Kentucky just because, you know, like just over time convince people that John Morant played for Penny Hardaway at Memphis and then was drafted by the Grizzlies. I think that's got to be a Murray State fans are very upset. Yeah. They were like, wait, wait a second. I thought this was a Memphis conversation. Give us job back. These psychological tricks are, are things you have to do. So uh, anyway, Mike Miller has resigned from Penny's staff. I'll, I, I'm curious to see if he's going to get into coaching because uh, – it makes sense. You want to spend more time with your if you want to spend time with your family, being a college basketball coach is not the answer. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that you want to spend more time with his family. But I wonder if that was just like a I want to not have this job and then because he did say he wants to still be involved in basketball. But that could mean, you know, coaching his daughter's fifth grade team or trying to be an NBA GM or anything in between. Who the hell yeah, knows what that means? But, exactly. Uh, or it could be on the bench really of the Lakers. Uh, you know, right. who knows? Who right. knows? He's going back to <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he's going back to Florida to to coach the Lakers for the next three months. Player coach. <laughs> That's the Mike Miller move. Oh man. The only other bit of news we have to talk about in the world of college basketball is um and, and then we'll wrap this thing up is Matt Norlander of CBS mm-hmm. got the details. He spoke to Steve Forbes about our favorite piece of content to come out of college basketball world during the quarantine. Uh, the Steve Forbes video where he was introduced as the Wake Forest head coach and he spikes his coronavirus mask in the practice gym. Um, he, talks, he talks to Steve Forbes and we get some nuggets that come out of it. First of all, to my surprise, Tate, it took multiple takes to, mm-hmm. for him to do this. He said that the first take he did, he did not have enough passion. That, he, that was the quote, we need more passion, coach. So he's like, if you need passion, I'll give you passion. I will spike my mask. <laughs> um, we, we got confirmation that John Curry, the, uh, the athletic director of Wake Forest, was not there when Forbes was there. Their parts were shot differently. Mm-hmm. Haverstro came on our show and, and pointed that out to us. He's like, I wonder if, if, if that's what happened. It is what happened. They were not mm-hmm. together when, when their parts were shot. Um, and, and then he said, Forbes said when he saw the video for the first time, he laughed, which I don't know. I don't know if I believe him there, but uh, it was, it was apparently it was shot at the law, end of a, an exhausting whirlwind. He was hired. He had to, he had to zoom call his old team, tell him he was leaving zoom call his new team um, who, who then all transferred <laughs> after that zoom call. <laughs> and then like right at the, he, he basically had no sleep. That was his, that was his kind of explanation of it all. It's like, he had no sleep. He was told we got to shoot this video. He just went along with it. He was told, give us more passion. He was like, I just want to get this over with. So I'm going to spike my mask and yell. Let's go demon deacon nation or, or whatever the hell it is. He said <laughs> it looked like a guy who had not slept. And uh, he basically said that, you know, he made a decision uh, late at night. Uh, it was like 3 a.m. He kind of was like, oh, we're all good. And then, it, you know, after after a Zoom call, which I, I think that's funny about the Mike Miller situation. I guess he did the same thing. It, it must be awkward to be on Zoom calls with 20 some other people and, mm-hmm. and break that news. He said it was the hardest thing he's ever had to do. And then from there, he really had to do the hardest thing he ever had to do, which was to act in this video that they were putting <laughs> together. And uh, that was like, that is not a, a desirable position to be in, right? When you're coming in to replace a guy like Danny Manning, who people knock for being you know, stoic or, or standoffish mm-hmm. or whatever they wanted to say, now you're supposed to be the, the lovable, aggressive, you know, in your face, active, basically be a mascot and a coach. 
but you haven't slept. You just had to FaceTime your whole team and you don't even have anyone to play off of, right? Like you're doing that live by yourself where you're just ripping a mask off, throwing it down and yelling at some kid probably filming you, let's go, Demon Deacons. (laughs) That does not seem like a great position to be in. And I actually applaud him for having this, you know, like the, the, whatever it takes to come out and have this story and say, Hey, here's my side of the story. I thought it was funny, but also I'm not a maniac. Yeah. I'm not going to try to wear your skin. I promise. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm normal. Please. The guy, whoever's idea this video was, I, I, after reading this, this write up from Norlander, I'm convinced that the person who came up with this idea is either younger than 25 or older than 60. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no in between it has to be one or the other i don't know where i fall on that spectrum um but yeah the, the, I, i'm leaning towards the younger thing the the younger like the guy had an artistic vision for the thing he he overshot like the acting ability of his mm-hmm. <laughs> of the of the stars of the the, the script no I, i'm telling you someone like as they were buying into the steve forbes package whatever that was they they were telling themselves this guy's a character this guy's high energy yeah this guy yeah yeah motivated and when that's like your 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 stick or whatever you and i know this we play sticks like if you have to come in there with heat like that yeah. and you haven't slept and you're probably feeling some remorse right for leaving your team they're all in the transfer portal now um, you're dealing with John Calipari recruiting your new players that you just got. You know what I mean? There's a lot of moving parts you're yeah, probably yeah. walking into. And then they're like, be funny, be lovable, and spike your mask. And uh, I... Uh, Coach, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but you're, you're basically your entire first year at Wake Forest is going to boil down to this video. And yes. um, yeah, we're going to need you to bring it for this. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to... You only get one chance at a first impression. So uh, good luck. Here you go. And he action. Is- <laughs> Yeah, let me just say this. He's the first coach I've seen uh, of recent hirings that I believe will take a charge just like Dan Hurley. You know what I mean? There's, there's like, there's a certain type of coach like Dan Hurley, Steve Forbes, like Bobby Hurley wouldn't even take a charge, but Dan Hurley and Steve Forbes. They he would. is, he is a hundred. Steve Forbes is 100% a coach that's going to dive on the floor during a practice to get mm-hmm. his guys going. Um, but he's going to do it like to, to, to give off this persona that he's like the fun coach. He, he's also a coach that gives unsolicited chest bumps. I, mm-hmm. I get that read from him that he just runs around. He's like, hell yeah, like a guy makes a great play. Uh, and 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 as the, the team is helping him up in practice, like Forbes comes over and just starts thrusting his chest into this player. And he's like, yes, yes, yeah. John. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what we need from you. <laughs> and John's like, man, coach is wild. I, I'm going to have to get in the transfer portal. <laughs> he, calls, <laughs> he calls up Olivia Sorry, He's like, how does the transfer portal work? Please explain to me <laughs> that process. How's uh, Lexington? My favorite, my favorite bit. I, I rewatched the video today uh, to prepare for for our discussion, which uh, thank God I did. As a, as a good journalist, uh, I was I was very prepared. Um, John Curry does the two finger point. I think we lost that the first time we saw. No, it. it's solid. And now that I know he's by himself, it's uh, it, he just felt like he had to make sure you saw that point, you know. And that's why it's so good. A two finger point is a bold move, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a very shooter McGavin move. Sh- when, I, when, I, when, I, when I saw him do it, I was like, man, that guy just made a birdie putt. <laughs> yeah, if he threw the if he threw the thumb up with it, I think yeah. like that's that's <laughs> maybe that's laid it on too thick. The man. thumb with the two fingers. Let's be honest, there was one with the thumb. He did both. He did what both. What about the what about the pinky? What about the one finger the you have the index and the pinky? We should do a power ranking. This this is great offseason content. Do a top five power rankings of ways to point at people. 
and way to, and ways to dap people up properly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just depending on the situation, who you are, like you have to have that awareness. I think your your ring finger is always has to be tucked in, no matter what. But then you give the sh- the shocker's not the answer. If you no, 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 that that one won't work. That's the Arizona State one. Is there ever a scenario where you're pointing with your ring finger? I don't think so. I think so. I don't know. It's fascinating. Look at this. Yeah. You can learn a lot, though, by the way people point and John- use their, uh, their, their fingers and index fingers to, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. John Curry, come on the podcast and discuss. Explain that. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Pointing to us. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Shout outs, closeouts. What do we have? Uh, I got to shout out Mikey Williams, uh, a 2023 kid, which I, I didn't even know that we were recruiting that that far along. But yeah, 2023, Mikey Williams, he comes out, he says, uh, could go to an HBCU. Uh, mm. That's great in response to some of the things that are going on here. Uh, and then I just wanted to point out one, Earl of Pearl Monroe, one of the greatest point mm-hmm. guards ever, uh, went to Salem State, which is an HBCU, which Stephen A. Smith also went to. Uh, and then I wanted to take that into Lavelle Moton, uh, the coach at North Carolina Central. Uh, a guy that a lot of people have been talking about. He caught out a bunch of coaches, uh, you know, the white power five coaches to come out and speak out. They did. Uh, Coach K. Roy. Wait, rephrase that. The power five coaches who happen to be white. You said the white power five. <laughs> that sounded, well, he, well that sounded a little... <laughs> yes, yes. The power five <laughs> coaches that are white. Yes. To come out. and, and I don't want to get sued. That's all. No, no, no. I don't either. And I, I just want to point out Lavelle Moulton, right? This is a great sentiment. He told a great story or not a great story, but a horrific story, but the, a great message behind it. Uh, with what he had to deal with in 2005 with Raymond Felton mm-hmm. uh, before he went to the NBA draft. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people have talked about for ACC jobs. I think he he's a guy that needs to get considered for a bigger job if he wants it, but he may just want to stay at NC, NC Central, played at NC Central, just got inducted the, to the Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great coach. And uh, I, I just want to point that. I want him on our, let's yeah, get him get on him. the show because he, uh, that dude is like his whole his whole existence in the basketball world has basically been in, in NC Central, which is in Raleigh, right? Or no, Durham. 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 Yep, in Durham. Right, yes. Yeah, in, in, in Duke's backyard. So like yeah, d- yeah. the real school in Durham is NC Central, yeah. and then there's Duke. Um, but the guy's like a legend to guy to people like you in North Carolina, like people like the, the people in the know. He's a legend, and to people not in the know, they might not know who he is. And mm-hmm. I don't know. We should. They may just know him from the NCAA tournament yeah. when they see him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's been at yeah, three yeah. straight tournaments, but that's it. Yeah. It's the first weekend, yeah. and it's gone. So who who was the kid you said that was considering the HBCU? Mikey Williams. Mikey uh, Williams, okay. who is like a guy that's around the the Bronny James type of world. Do you, and uh, do you what was the timeline of him making that declaration and then Mike Miller stepping down on Memphis? Do you think this is why? Do you think Mike Miller was like has been recruiting him for like his entire Memphis tenure, mm-hmm. and then now the kid's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to an HBCU, and Mike Miller's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm, Mike I'm, Miller I'm, went I'm back. out of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He untagged him from that original post on the plane. <laughs> yeah. And is like I'm out. That was that was I'm my guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm out the game. I'm going to the Lakers. Uh, that that could be that could that all checks out actually. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to uh the late great John Wooden Tate. Ten years mm. since he passed away today. To the day uh, it has been ten years since since John Wooden passed away. And I think I wanted to bring it up because as more time goes by, John Wooden has sort of uh just become like. Like the legacy of John Wooden is never really humanized except when Bill Walton tells stories about how he's putting on socks. Like we don't really stop and think about John Wooden's career path and like his, like he's, he's just become like a mythical figure, I think in college basketball, Mm -hmm. you just say the name John Wooden and you picture the pyramid and you picture a bunch of titles. He's kind of like Wilt Chamberlain of college basketball. where like, he won so much that he just kind of gets dismissed because he was too good. Like I have this this theory about Wilt that, 
if you told someone that Wilt Chamberlain averaged like 32 points a game, you'd be like, well, that's, that's really impressive. But then you're like, Wilt Chamberlain averaged 56 points a game in a season or whatever the hell, like his numbers are so high mm-hmm. that you're just like, that's okay. So that's ridiculous. And you just kind of dismiss it and don't ever really think to revisit it. And I feel like that's the case with John Wood. It's like the guy won so much. He won, <laughs> he won 10 titles that you're just like, okay, we get it. You won. Get out of here. We don't ever want to talk about you again. And uh, I don't know. I, I just saw a lot of, uh, I saw today a lot of different programs. You love this, especially about the state of Indiana. A lot of programs claiming him. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA, if people that don't know, yeah, yeah. John Wooden statues are everywhere across the state of Indiana. It's, it's yep. actually really beautiful. In Martinsville, you'll find them, his, his hometown. You'll find them in Terre Haute where he was uh, the athletic director, the baseball coach, and the basketball coach at Indiana Indy, State obviously. all at once. Uh, Indy, yes. West Lafayette where he was a three-time All-American at Purdue. But the guy, I, I guess that's my point. John Wooden is the only college coach to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame as a player and a coach, into the Naismith mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Um, so, I don't know. That's kind of noteworthy to me as well. Not only was he the greatest coach ever, but of all of the great players, who be- or all of the great coaches in college basketball, John Wooden was the best player among them as well. That's noteworthy to me. Because we're, we're living in an era where all the great players are now becoming coaches. Patrick Ewing and Anthony Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Um, John Wooden was the OG. He was the OG, like, I'm a great player. Now I'm a coach. And it's one of those things, too, where you can always remember that. It's kind of like a, a staple. It's like the Larry Brown, I won in college and I won in the pros. And no one yeah. can really say, everyone's kind of like, yeah, I can't really touch that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you're, you're a player in the Hall of Fame and you played in an era where you can't really argue, like you said, like you, you can't really go back and say apples to apples, apples to oranges, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really it really isn't one-to-one and John Wooden's a legend. And I think uh, – but I need another statue. Looking back on statue. it, looking back on it, he should not have won seven titles in a row. That was bad for his legacy. That's my mm-hmm. argument. I think I want to argue that he won too much. It ruined his legacy. He should have only won like six titles total or seven titles total, and he would be talked about more. <laughs> he mm-hmm. won too much. What an idiot. <laughs> well, I have another one. Here's another shout out for you. Uh, he did win too much, and a guy that that needs to win more. He needs to wait one more year before he leaves us. That's Air Canada, Vince Carter. Uh, 22 years in the NBA, most mm. all time. He needs to go for 23. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, needs, I like that. Yes, yes. Go yes. for 23. Uh, you know the 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 most points he averaged in range, uh, Raptors franchise history, 23.4 points per game. Uh, you go mm-hmm. for your 23rd year. You set the tone there. It's a it's a little tip of the cap to Jordan. You came in right after Jordan. You know, kind of faded out of the league. You were the new era of that. Mm-hmm. And you need to win a title. We just I know he doesn't want to win a charity title, but mm-hmm. we just need Vince Carter to play, I don't know, maybe on the Lakers and he and he pays homage to Kobe and does like Kobe moves uh, or something like that. I don't know. Like we need him somewhere in basketball one more year, especially with how everything played out. I need a farewell year. I know we talked to Kobe uh, before his final season about announcing that he didn't want to announce and Kobe told me should. What if uh, here's here's an idea. What if Vince Carter, we're talking about the home court advantage with the NBA thing. Mm-hmm. What if what if home court advantage was you get Vince Carter for that game? Like Vince Amazing. Carter is just like yes. roaming around the wide world of sports. The, the, yeah, like, it's like yeah. it's like the Trent Tucker rule. It's the Vince Carter yeah. rule. And yeah, Vince yeah. Carter's <laughs> just there. It's like an all-time quarterback. You just have him. It's like yeah, yeah exactly. He's awesome. he's he's all-time home team player and <laughs> great locker room guy. Comes in and like gives a message. Everyone's like, man, I'm ready to play. Vince. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that he's guaranteed to win a title because like the home team. Well, I guess maybe not. I guess the way team could win. I'm, I'm an idiot, but uh. Yeah, I like that idea that he's just like the traveling. <laughs> yeah, just one more year. That's all I want. 23 years, one more year. Oh, uh, I like it. Um, I, I have a few more shout outs. Number one, uh, Pac-12 update, Tate. Um, according to the college basketball, this at CBB on Fox, the, the Fox College basketball mm-hmm. uh, Twitter account. 
the Pac-12 has eight eight of the top ten most played rivalries in college basketball involve at least one Pac-12 team. So uh, the other and then the other two involve Kansas. So how about that? Oregon versus Oregon State is the most played Division One rivalry in Division One college basketball, according mm-hmm. to at CVB on Fox. Uh, number two is Washington, Oregon, and the top five are all versions of like Washington schools and Oregon schools being part of it. That's kind of surprising, right? Pac-12. Yeah, it's a good Pac-12 update. It also kind of shows you that that whole area, you know, of the country, they just want to play each other. And uh, yeah, 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 I kind of I, I like that. It's like a, it's like a battle. Uh, yeah. I, overall, I will just say this. The Pac-12, boy, am I ready to get back to just talking about <laughs> the Pac-12. Uh, as we continue to, to, to talk about things in the basketball world, I'm ready for a real season where we can uh, talk about Bobby Hurley and basketball. And, uh, I mean, talk about Andy Enfield. I feel like I haven't heard his name in a long time. And Mick Cronin at UCLA. I'm just saying these things just to get him back in the ether. Because I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I had, I had one other shout-out. Uh, that's not true. I, I have a couple more things I want to say. But uh, I, I, it was brought to my attention yesterday that IEPUI still does not have a head coach date. Mm. And I, I don't know if anyone has connected the dots there. I was born in the city of Indianapolis. I was raised uh, in the, the greater Indianapolis area, as we'll say. And uh, IEPUI does not have a – currently the job is vacant. They had an interim coach this season. Jason Gardner was, was let go uh, heading into the season. Then they had an interim this season. And they now – they don't have a coach. And for some reason, I, I, I don't know. I, I missed this one. I don't know how this – I didn't – so I, I, am, I am assessing the situation. I'm not saying I'm throwing my head into the ring. I'm saying we are forming a committee to – how do you how do you do it in politics? You're you're forming like the committee to maybe potentially run an advisory yeah. committee. An advisory committee, yeah. That, that's there what I'm go. forming right now. Yeah. yeah, and here you go. Here's my. I'm gonna advise you early on. Here's what we gotta do. We gotta get you into a Zoom bomb call. You gotta you gotta zoom into the current team. Mm-hmm. They're all meeting with each other. They're trying to pick a coach. You zoom in. You mm-hmm. just give them some thoughts, like what they would probably need. Just just some free advice. Dude, love tell me guys. that. Love on PUI for life. Dip out. And they're like, who's that guy? We need him. Is that not the best? Is like, why is this not a reality show on FS1? Maybe it maybe it's more FS2 speed. But uh, <laughs> we we do yeah. You do the coaching search interviews on Zoom. You broadcast them all on on television. And people and vote for their people favorite vote, coach. The, and then the players like ultimately vote. And yeah, it's like a whole thing. And everyone gets to vote. <laughs> America's coach. And and guess That's what? America's they, coach. And guess what team they coach? The G League Showcase team. Yeah. <laughs> And the, and it's just horrible, and they don't listen to the coach. He's like, I won this contest. Oh listen. man! Well, that that is something to monitor. IEPUI does not have a coach, and uh, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm forming my advisory committee, so I'm going to check that out. The last thing I wanted to say before we go, um, I uh, the last show we did about a week ago, I mentioned Tate that my my sister had a child, and the child was born at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the the family list, my family listened to the show, and they, they they told me I left out these two details, and I wanted to share them with you. Um. So there was a big brouhaha in the family because the baby was born at midnight and there was a debate as to whether which which day was it actually born because in the delivery room, they said that the clock was a little fast. Uh, I left out two points. Number one, my sister wanted me to, to inform the audience that she had a C-section. Uh, th- it was a planned C-section because she her first child, she had to have a C-section. So they were, they, they were doing another C-section. And the point of bringing that up is the doctor could have decided the time. So like, you could have just wait, like the doctor could have just sat there and waited five more minutes and there would be no discrepancy whatsoever. So the fact that like the doctor purposely did this has us wondering if there's some conspiracy at play here. 
Um, and number two, I forgot about this. The reason this is a big fight in the family is because our whole family had thrown in money as to when the, the birthday would be. All the family had throw, thrown in money into a pot and we all picked different days and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And depending on when the day fell, my mom or my, my brother won money. So my mom technically won, but my brother feels like he was slighted. And uh, it is still, we're a week into it and it has still not been decided and there's still fighting going on. But I just wanted to add those two details for the people that were invested in that story. I, I will say this, another win for Laura Legend. Congratulations to her. Uh, and I just want to point out, when you told the story about the doctor, I just like imagine like the Joker as Heath Ledger, like in the fucking yeah. nurse's costume, just writing and, down, this is chaos. Why, would he, at, Why would he do that? Like he he's won- looking at the, wanted this. He's looking he at the clock. It, it's 11.59 with 30 seconds. And he says to himself, and here we <laughs> yes. go. <laughs> yes, it was rosting. rips off a mask runs out oh man uh last thing i swear to god this actually is the last thing (laughs) tate and i are doing uh we're taking part in the all-in challenge uh for for all the proceeds benefit the uh the the food insecurity problem that's been caused by COVID 19 um we we are we are part of this uh we have teamed up with the maui gym maui invitational um and you can go to fanatics.com right now to bid on a Maui Gym Maui Invitational experience that Tate and I will be a part of, included in the experience. It's the 2021 Maui Invitational, by the way. It's not mm-hmm. this year's, it's next year's. We've already gotten questions, Tate. Does that mean that this year's is canceled? To that I say, I don't know, but God, I hope not, because Carolina and Indiana are both supposed to go there. Um, and it's going to be awesome. So we, we, don't, we don't know if this year's is canceled. We, we have not heard anything. We have not, you know, no one's even kind of hinted at us. That's the case. Uh, but this is for 2021. Um, you get round trip airfare, you get a week stay at a hotel, whatever the hotel, like, like a great hotel. It's not like a Airbnb in the mm-hmm. middle. No, it's like the whatever five-star resort they're putting all the teams up at. You get two tickets to all the games. Uh, you get two hospitality suites for all, for every day of action. Uh, you get Maui gyms, obviously there, there's like a paddleboard experience, a sailing experience. Uh, and then you also get to hang with Tate and I. You get to do um, a shoot We're sorry. Around. We're sorry oh, in yeah, advance that's for that. The that's part. the word. They're like, and also you get to hang out with these guys. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and, for, and, and if you pay a little bit more, you don't have to hang out with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, Share your gift. We're, we're, we're going to shoot around in the Lahaina Civic Center. You can have a three-point contest. You can try to beat Tate and I in a three-point contest. You can uh, uh, have a dunk contest with me. I can still dunk. I don't know if I've ever uh, expressed that on the show before. Um, you'll sit courtside with us at games. Uh, we, you'll sit right beside us and listen to the bullshit Tate and I talk about as we watch mm-hmm. basketball together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go grab dinner with you, um, and then we'll see what else happens. We might try to find uh, some some late night action on the island, which is not a ton, but uh, we'll do what we can anyway. Um, so all of that you can go bid on fanatics.com. Bidding starts at ten dollars. The way it works is it's like a big like raffle basically. Like mm-hmm. you, you, the more you bid, the more chances you the, the higher the greater the chance you have of winning. Uh, but you know, if you just want to throw in a ten dollar, you could win with ten dollars. You could ten dollars could get you all of that. So go to fanatics.com, bid on that. All the proceeds go to uh, the food insecurity problem caused by COVID nineteen. I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah, of course. And thanks to Fanatics, and uh, thank you to Michael Rubin, and thank you to the Maui Invitational, and uh, you know, thank you for everyone that still has hopes that the Maui Invitational will happen this year because mm-hmm. uh, you know this has been. We always joke about our first year on the job. You know, it's not really your first year. Uh, we do it. We did that with Chris Collins. Yeah. That was sort of like this. You know, with, with the tournament being canceled and everything going on, we were hoping for Indiana, North Carolina Maui Invitational light this thing up. So uh, yeah. we're, we're we're holding our breath and we're hoping it happens, and uh, we're, we're hoping everyone stays safe. Stay safe out there. 
I, I, yeah, it, it's going to happen. I, I feel good about it. The, the, the 2021 is going to happen. The, the, but 2021 will, we, we 2021 is definitely going to happen. Also, I, I, I kind of buried the lead. Mike Brave will be there. Mm. That, that's the big draw. I think that's why they didn't do it for this year. I think they did it for mm. next year. So you can sit courtside with Tate and I. We're going to take our shirts off. And Mike Bray. Yes. And Mike Bray. All of <laughs> yes. us are going to peel the yes. shirts during mm. an Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be great. So go bid. Join us. It'll be fun. Uh, and it's for a great cause on top of it all. So you get to basically, yeah, we, we get to take our shirts off in Maui. And you get to pat yourself on the back for being charitable. That's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Can't be that. That's a win-win. Um, anything else before we go? No, I, uh, I appreciate everyone, all the friends of the program for, uh, for listening to us. And again, we're going to continue uh, to listen, to learn, and uh, also, you know, to continue to try to do shows and, and have this little space to have our fun, but also, you know, have more people on like Coach Moten uh, to talk about some of these conversations. So uh, again, I appreciate everyone for listening to us. Well, well said, Tate. Congratulations to Adam Silver. Congratulations to, to everyone in, on NBA Twitter. You got your league back. I was, a hater. I was a cynic. I didn't think it was going to happen. It is happening. Uh, shout out KOC um the world cup idea is a great one buddy we're gonna we're gonna make that happen Uh, you can do it (laughs) KFC. that's the show we'll see you guys next week